I'm Mandy. And I'm Jessica. And this is The Coop. This is Coop Faves, where we share our favorite homeschooling resources and adventures. Today's fave is Cursive First. It's a short and simple curriculum written by Elizabeth Fitzgerald that teaches cursive penmanship for a child's first exposure to handwriting. As opposed to print or manuscript, also known as the stick and ball method, Mm -hmm. it's cursive. Historically, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about history here. Yes, thank you. So historically, handwriting was considered an art. And so perfecting the extravagant loops and swirls was given much attention in the 19th century. Then it evolved into a simpler style, reducing the elegance and replacing it with speed. Mm -hmm. In the 20th century, children learned a simpler form of cursive as well. Cursive is a flowing motion to prevent ink blotches, since the writing instruments historically would create like a puddling of the ink if it didn't keep moving. Mm -hmm. The pencil then... When the pencil was invented, students had more options. Yeah. They didn't have to worry about the ink blotting. And then, you know, you get the ballpoint pen and all that too. But, but the pencil revolutionized writing and they could, they had so many more options available to them. And over time, educators turned to print to teach children to write in the same style that they would read in books. And they thought the idea behind that is that would help the child learn to read better because what they're writing looks a lot more like the print they're seeing in books. So it makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So in Cursive First, it comes with this booklet and there's actually not a lot of education in how to teach cursive. It's more about the history, the advantages, the the why. Mm -hmm. And readiness indicators, uh, things to ways to prepare for teaching cursive, what to consider. And then it goes into teaching how, how to do it. And that's just a few uh, pages, how to hold a pencil and things nice. like that. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the argument for cursive because mm-hmm. it is a dying art. Yeah. And I think it's important that our kids learn cursive, that they learn both ways, that they learn the print manuscript, ball and stick, whatever you want to call it. And they learn cursive and cursive first. And I would argue cursive should be learned first Mm -hmm. for these reasons. And I'm sure there's other reasons for the print or a combination, like a hybrid of the two. Right. But uh, this is cursive first reasoning for doing cursive first. So one is it takes three controlled movements to do lowercase when you do cursive, as opposed to six controlled movements to do balls and sticks. And then a quote I'm going to read to you from the book or the pamphlet. So they're quoting somebody. It says, the initial teaching of cursive writing has some advantages over the manuscript or print style because it forces left to right movement from the beginning, as well as teaching words as a cohesive unit. The French special needs teacher, a French special needs teacher proposed it's not a good idea to let young children do much printing. It causes segmentation, which makes the muscles stiffen up rather than letting a nice flowing rhythm develop. The connected writing allows for continuous flow of thought and thinking ahead while writing. It also reinforces the beginning and ending of words with proper spacing of letters, unlike print or manuscript. Mm -hmm. So in cursive, 
all the letters are connected and the only spacing, I mean, yeah, it looks really weird to have a really long connection, but right. you still know that's part of the word, right? But in print, the, the letters can get spaced out where you don't know where a word begins and ends. Oh, yeah. I see that often with little kids writing. Even with, like, my writing sometimes, if I lift up my right. hand and move it over too it's much. Not uniform. Yeah. Also, cursive helps the child learn to spell correctly since the hand acquires a knowledge of spelling patterns through repeated hand movements. And they uh, compare that to pianists and typists. And then uh, what they have found is there a direct connection between art, PE, and music. And then it also helps with kids with dyslexia. So, and it makes sense, right? Because yes. with dyslexia, if it's balls and sticks, you could flip them very easily. But with cursive, it's literally, it's music. Right. Okay. So now I'm going to dive in more to what the curriculum is. All it is is one, it's pamphlet with the research, the why, the readiness indicator, like I mentioned. Number two, it comes with these flashcards. So they come as one sheet. You have to cut them. You have to laminate them yourself. So they show it. And then on the back side, so they show the, the cursive. And then on the back side, it says for like the letter V. Instructor would say V. And then student repeats and writes it. And then a key word for the teacher to know what the v sound is, is over. And so they, um, you can use it as flashcards. You can use it as the learning card for the day. They have that. Then they also have tracing sheets, but not very many. Okay. So it's literally just uh, a couple flashcards that have the, the dots. And so if you laminate them, then you can trace it. But right. there's no like workbook or anything. Nice. They also have these kinds of, um, it's a giant clock. And mm -hmm. you'll learn why there's a giant clock. But when you introduce the first letters that are two o'clock letters, you start at the bottom, you go up to two o'clock, around to two o'clock, and then back down again. And then if it's an A, they would say A, A, A. So it's like choreography set to music. Mm -hmm. The music of your, the letter sounds. All right. And then the reading and penmanship curriculum has the visual cues. So the clock, like I said, is for like A, C, D, G, O, and Q. And they always make you write Q with a U. Then you have the uphill letters. So that's I and U and J, W, R, S, and T. Then you teach the loop letters, and the loop letters are B, E, F, H, K, L, and P. And then you teach the hump letters, M, N, V, X, Y, and Z. So all these have the same movement, they just, especially in the beginning. So the hump letters all start with a hump. The loop letters usually start with a loop. So then, while you do that, you say the phonetics at the same time, and when you do the A, like I demonstrated, A, 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 the A is the first sound mm -hmm. that is most likely used. The A is the second sound you say, which is the second most likely used sound. And then the A is the least used sound in the English language. Right. And so that's why you learn it in that order. What's funny is my curriculum, my reading curriculum does the same thing. So you can see how these two go together. And I'll Don't they what literally go together? Um, the, for use with spell to write and read. Right. But yeah. you can use this without it. Oh, sure. But and I meant spell to write and read designed together in a sense. I don't know. Okay. But spell to write and read does reference this. Okay. But they also say, or you can do print. 
So they're not saying you have to do cursive first and they don't actually promote either one is better than the other, but they, but but cursive first is using spell to write and reads style phonetics. Yeah. So it's using the same phonetics. And so I didn't even use these flashcards. I used the spell to write and read flashcards, although they weren't cursive flashcards, they were print. Right. But that's, what's nice about learning cursive, right? You, you can now read print and cursive because if you're learning the cursive, and you're you reading the print, yeah. now you know both. And so you can read your friend's writing when you're in, you know, six years old. Yeah. When they write in cursive when in they, their card. Yeah. yeah. Or they or they don't really write oh, yeah. very well. Or if an adult writes you a letter and yeah. they have the hybrid of letters, you can read that. Right. Three reasons why it's a favorite. One, it starts every lowercase letter on the same line. So there's no question, do you start at the halfway or at the yeah. top or the bottom? They all start at the bottom. Not all cursive curriculums do that. Sure. So some start at the halfway. What I love about cursive first, they purposely have every single letter start at the bottom. It's easy to teach. I can teach all the two o'clock letters basically at the same time. I, I start with A and once she really gets it and understands understands that C is not hard at all. Mm-mm. O is very similar. It just has a tail at the top instead of going all the way back down. So it's very easy to teach like letters together. And then I like that it teaches um, phonics at the same time. And, yeah. and it just makes the two go together, like the music and the choreography. It just goes together and it makes sense. If you're going to do a letter, yeah. you might as well say the sounds. Totally. Yeah. And then it's inexpensive. I got my set for 15 bucks on eBay, actually. Nice. It was like, buy now, 15 bucks. Okay. And it's not, there's not much there. It doesn't take up a lot of space. Yeah. You do need to buy like a pad of wide ruled paper with that middle dot in the middle, like a big, like brown paper. And I would staple it together. The downside is there's not really a workbook. Okay. Some people see that as a good thing. They don't have a bunch of workbooks, but the downside is I, once we got to the point where she was on paper, I had to do the dotted lines for her for the first couple to give her sizing Right. experience because this page where they're doing the, the two o'clock letters, it's one letter that fits an entire sheet of paper. Yeah. So they have to learn how to, you know, and they, and it has scale a dot it. going through it, yeah. but they have to know how to scale it. And notice this is like not even scaled correctly. No. Right. It, it would be half of a thing. So half of a, a line. Anywho. So that's the only downside with that, but I love that it's inexpensive mm-hmm. and and I think full price, it was like 25 or $30 when I got it for 15. So it right. wasn't a big deal. How we use it. So you start off with using your finger to do it all. And you put paint in a Ziploc, you, big Ziploc, you tape it to the table and you, you form your letters. You do it in the sand, you do it in the rice. We talk mm-hmm. about this a lot for TK yeah. and kindergarten, right? And then uh, you do the laminated tracing clocks. The hard thing about doing the clock is they don't know what a clock is yet. So they don't understand what two o'clock is. So right. having the clock in front of them helps, but they still don't understand why does it start at 12 and then one, two. Right. So there's a little disconnect there. Uh, and they just saw this as a clock, not knowing that it's something that tells time. Right. So if there was a better way to you know figure that out, that's awesome. But but it is it is familiarizing themselves with a clock at least. And so totally. if you're gonna teach time, you might as well do it at the They've same got the time. Analog clock skills. Yeah, exactly. You can do sand at the beach. So when my youngest was not enthusiastic about learning cursive at the beach, I'd be like, oh, 
uh, instead of saying, let's practice your letters, I'd be like, can you do your name in cursive on the, in the sand? And then she would. And, and they love drawing in the sand. Totally. And then the wide line paper, like I said, we converted to that. Uh, she would do that while I read aloud. Yeah. You know, they say the sounds while they write the letters. And then once you learn the letters, you can start connecting them. So I made a packet that one page was like, write hat four times, write cat four times, write bat four times. And so it was just getting her used to connecting the letters because when you do them in isolation, they're not used to connecting them. Yeah. So it practiced, oh, I can just go straight in and... And there's some tools in here that say, don't ever let them lift their paper. They can't dot their I's or cross their T's until they finish the word. And then they have to dot their I's and cross their T's in order from left to right. Right. And they can't go backwards. Now I do because I... We have our bad habits. Yeah. But we're just not teaching those to the kids. Right. And I would practice each day that I did school. So maybe two to three times a week. Yeah. They would do it for about five minutes while I read aloud. And then they go to turning their A's into... Faces with hair and they're, you know, C's into sharks biting things. Yeah. yeah. So, and then at the end of it all, guess what? Your child can write beautifully and they're able to read cursive and print words and has developed a school that is good, skill that is good for their brain. And then a couple of years, you still would teach print. Right. So if you did already teach print, then consider teaching them some cursive. Right. And both, you know, both writing styles are necessary to know. So check out our show notes. I'm going to link Spell to Write and Read as well. So you can see how to get that. And enjoy impressing people with your kids' uh, penmanship skills. Thanks for listening. We love your support. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave a rating and review to let us know how we're doing, and share our podcast with your friends who need a little community, humility, and joyful fun in homeschooling.